Welcome to another edition of Full Time Out with Kibarak and everybody's on call. We got another episode, NBA Talk. First, what up, Onk? What up, what up, Ken? Hey, man. Hanging in there, hanging in there, you know, curfew and everything. <laughs> it's getting rough. It's getting rough. It's getting rough, man. That COVID, that COVID is, is in there. <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> hey, but nah, on a more serious note, it's really kind of affected the league in a in a deep way guys guys have been getting you know contracts left and right you know right kind of replace um but i feel like the nba is actually kind of settling now where guys are starting to come back you know the quarantine is a little bit shorter especially with guys in the league that have you know little to no symptoms that allows them to you know come back within the five days or whatever so i think You know, that, that's a positive thing where, I mean, the reps, they were in a situation, for instance, where they, they had a bunch of games that were uh, uh, canceled, that had to be rescheduled, and then they even played a game. We talked about it, the game against Cleveland, where, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we know a <laughs> lot of the guys that play in the league, but that, that, was, that was one night where you had to kind of look up, man. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, that's that's who it is. <laughs> You're right, right. No, it's, it's been crazy, man. It's been crazy. But you know what? Uh, also, I, I see both sides where I'm like, damn, like it, it doesn't necessarily make you want to watch the games like that. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I feel like it's a dope opportunity, though, for, you know, some of the guys that, man, they may have never had a call-up. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if they were playing well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because of, you know, like how it is. But... I think it's been giving guys opportunities and, you know, for them to showcase a little something at that level, you know? So I think, I think it's dope. A hundred percent. And, and I feel like, and shout out to the, you know, the CBL where um, a lot of guys from the league have been getting opportunities now, you know, to play in the NBA. Uh, we right. saw a couple of names, you know, being thrown out, especially Xavier Moon, the right. three-time league MVP now, got a second 10-day contract with the Clippers, so he's coming back right. another 10 days. So, you know, and and it shows that, you know, if you just put your name out there, you put yourself in a pool, you, you're going to have an opportunity, and this is kind of the perfect season and the perfect storm for a lot of those guys that were overseas, decided right. to come back G League this year, and now, you know, the doors are open, and you can, you know, get an opportunity to actually be on an NBA court and, and showcase yourself, you know. 100%. Uh, and you're right. Like we saw yesterday, um, Kiefer Sykes, you know, that's a guy that's been pro for, for a few years now, you know, grinded it out, got an opportunity and scored 22 for the Pacers against the Knicks last night. So, and, and, and that's, that's the beauty of it. You know, it's right. like, it's not, those are not household names, but at the same time you get to see, yo, there are really some nice hoopers out there that just, needed a platform. They just needed that, that opportunity to be out there against some of the best players in the world to really show that, you know, what they could do. Right, right. And I think there, there, there's a lot of those, you know what I mean? Like I, I always say uh, that the G League is, is basically, you know, like a cemetery of talent. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, there's so many guys out there that, you know, with the right opportunity and right situation, they can definitely do some stuff, you know, at the NBA level. But You know, the way the way things goes, you know, you got to be you got to have some luck. You know what I'm saying? You got to be in the right situations and, and things like that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think I think that's that's really what it is. Um, 
And as far as that, you know, shout out to CB, by the way. You know, it's probably right. the only guy in the league that hasn't been in protocol. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope he keeps it that way. <laughs> Especially for, and, and counting really the guys that play, you know, major minutes in the league, I think he's really been one of the, the few that hasn't missed a game due to COVID. I mean, you know, knock on wood, but that's, that's really impressive. You know, shout out to, for, for that discipline that he has. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> you know? um, so today on this episode, we're going to talk about, you know, kind of the, you know, topic of the, the, topic of, of, of the moment, which is the all-star selections. Yeah. You know, the, the ballots are starting to come out, you know, and people are starting to throw out names or he should be an all-star. He should be an all-star. Hashtag NB all-star Fred Van Vliet. You know, all that. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to make our selection, East-West starters and reserves. Uh, obviously, because it's a weird season, it's kind of, you know, some of the names, hey, man, there, there may be more surprises this year just because of the situation. Guys have been injured. Guys have been out. Some guys that we're used to see perform uh, are not necessarily playing at the same level. So, you know. That's what it'll be. What, what do you think about that? You know, if you know, we have a few names that, that are going to be surprises. Um, I, I, like I said, I think you know, in the midst of all the madness that's going on, I think there are a lot of certain people that you know, like in a normal time, may not have an opportunity to accomplish certain goals, even if you know they play well. Mm-hmm. They still may not even get the chance just because of, you know, being in a different market, the team may not be doing as good. Uh, the, the names, you know what I'm saying, doesn't ring, you know, the type of bell, the things like that. Um, but I think, once again, it's, it's a great opportunity for guys to, you know, put their names out there, you know, get an opportunity that in a normal time they wouldn't get. Yeah, exactly. No, definitely. Um, so, without further ado, let's go. Let's start with the Eastern Conference. Uh, on my ballot, at guard, first guard for the East, I have Zach Levine. Zach Levine? First guard for the Yeah. I'm not, I'm not mad at Zach Levine. I think I've been pretty, you know, critical about him in the past. But I think, you know, being in a winning situation and, you know, running behind uh, DeMar DeRozan and, you know, with the type of performance that they've been having, you know, especially I think when that team was put together, I wasn't sure how it was going to work out. You know what I'm saying? I think I felt like DeMar was a ball-dominant guy. Um, I felt like Zach was somewhat of a ball-dominant guy, too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And they're gonna, they were playing with a dude, you know, who I felt like the ball needed to be in his hands for good things to happen, which is, you know, Zoe. You know what I mean? I think he makes the right decision and he needed to touch the ball, but because he developed his shot, yeah. he doesn't necessarily need to have the ball in his hand. He can watch the other guys do their work and, you know, he can make the catch and shoot and, you know, he can make some things happen. So I think, you know, like right now it's looking good. Yeah, and I feel like in the case of, uh, of Zoe, he's also a guy that really likes to get rid of the ball fast. You know, it does, he doesn't want to take that thing off the dribble, et cetera. So with him being really more comfortable getting rid of the ball. And we talked about the fact that this was really a similar lineup that, that what he has at UCLA, you know, 
uh, to what he had at, at UCLA. So with that being said, if you have a guy like that that's ready to give up the ball, it allows for DeMar that's kind of learned to be a point forward uh, in San Antonio to have that similar role and sort of orchestrate the offense a little bit more. And Zach to really have less attention from defense allows him to be much more efficient in how he plays. So I think, I think it's worked out perfectly. And shout out to Billy Donovan to just having all those guys buy in. I mean, obviously, if you play with talented guys, most of the time you're going to buy in because you feel like, okay, now I have a chance to, you know, play on a team that can have a lot of success because, you know, when, when you have a talented team around you, you know that you have a talented team around you. And, I, and I think for those guys, that's really what it is. So, um, no, it's, it, it, they're really, really fun to watch. So, Zach Levine, and because of the fact that the, the Bulls are two games uh, over the second seed, so they're, they're the first seed in the, in, the, in the East, and they're two games ahead of the, of the Brooklyn Nets, so I felt like I should probably reward those two guys. So my second guard is actually DeMar. Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, we've talked about him off the record a lot. Right. How do you feel about DeMar now? I know, you know, you've been on the fence about him over the years. I've always been right. a little more of a fan than, than you were, but, you know, now how do you feel about, about the guy? Um, he's open. He's open, you know what I mean? And I, I can't say you know, much negative about him until playoff comes. You know what I mean? I think right now he's doing his thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, like I said, I can't criticize him. I didn't think it was going to work out because of his brand of basketball. I always felt like his brand of basketball was good with specific people around him. Yeah. And they found a way to make it work. You know what I mean? And because of that, I, I feel like, you know, he has gotten better. Uh, you know, and I, you can know, I always appreciate a guy that, kind of works on his weaknesses and, and, and you know, turns things around. Exactly. And, and I think that's, that's the biggest key for him. You know, right. he, worked, he worked on his weaknesses. So the three-point shot was one of them. Uh, right. You know, attacking on the left side was one of them. So I think those are things that he sort of corrected a little bit. And it's shown. It's shown it's just in his, in his efficiency. I mean, he's shooting 36% from three this year. On, right. You know, two attempts a game, which is a lot more than he, what he did in San Antonio, for instance. Right. Uh, you know, he, he's, a, he's attacking a little bit more, you know, on, on both blocks, right block, left block. So he has that right. ability now because of the fact that both hands, he can really use them at the same amount of efficiency. And, and it just – and also, like I said, he's always – especially the last few years, he's been a really good passer. But now with all those extra skills, it allows him to really be uh, more of a facilitator for, for his teammates. So, I mean, it's, right. it's, it's beautiful to watch. But like you said, regular season DeMar is one thing. Right. We always wonder about playoff DeMar because his efficiency really drops down in the playoffs usually. Yeah, yeah. And that's, why, that, that's one of the things of why, you know, some people, people have been more critical of him is he goes back to sort of what he knows more and doesn't want to shoot threes in the playoffs and, right. you know, gets exposed because he's getting double team in certain areas that he's not comfortable attacking or whatever. Yeah. And, and that really, really affects his efficiency. And, 
hasn't gotten him to a point where he can lead a team to the promised land. So we're going to have to wait and see what he's able to do in the playoffs. But right now, regular season, DeMar is probably top five in the MVP conversation. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, definitely. Definitely, as he should be. Yeah, no, definitely. Shout out to DeMar, man. Shout out to DeRozan. Um, yeah, one of the Kobe disciples. <laughs> right? You know, wearing Kobe's every game. That post-up game that he has, the footwork. Hey, man, he's looking like Kobe out there this year. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, so, for, for the forwards, I think it's pretty straightforward. I had uh, Giannis, KD, and Embiid. Anything, you would, change, anything you would change on, on that starting lineup? Honestly, man, no. Because I want to, you know, uh, support winning. Yeah. You know what I mean? An improvement. Uh, yeah. So definitely those two make sense to me right now. I can't think of, you know, anybody else that I feel like has elevated their game and that is impacting winning as much as they have been uh, in that conference. Exactly. Exactly. And, and honestly, and for the bigs in the East, they're probably – Three of the top five, top six players in the league this year. Yeah, that 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 was not good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> KD and Giannis are probably one A, one B, and then Embiid is just he he he's been incredible, especially by himself doing well. Not by himself, but you understand. Without another All Star on this team, I mean, just grinding out, linking that team every single day, um, and he's been surprisingly surprisingly very very healthy. So. Shout yeah. to shout to Joel, man. Shout out to Joel. Yeah. Yeah. And better to yeah. say. Um, so the bench now. Let's go to the bench. So first two guys off the bench have the Boston guys, the Jays. Jalen okay. and Jason. Okay. Are we okay with that? Bias. I like I like them boys. Uh, they're not winning much, but you know, I think just off the strength of talent and what they've, they've been able, able to produce uh, on a fairly consistent level because they're still both averaging over 20 a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not giving us the win that we thought it was going to give us. Uh, but them, it's hard to, on the East, to find better guys than them right now. Yeah. Outside the, the starting five, sorry. Yeah. And I think, and I think for them, you know, if you look really at their record, they're 18 and 19. So they're two games behind the, uh, the seventh seed. So obviously they're the 10th seed. They're still in the playing game. Right. But like, as far as if, we, if we're talking about winning, how much do we really account for winning compared to, you know, Washington or Cleveland versus, you know, them? And especially with the, the production that they're having uh, right. for the two of them. So – and I think it, as far as just their roster, their roster is just so limited that, you know, it, it, it's kind of hard for me to say, you know what, they, they don't deserve to be out there. I mean, Jason Tatum right. is averaging 26 and 9. Jalen Brown's is averaging 24 and 6 and just had a 50-point game. You right. know, they're both shooting. You know, Tatum is not shooting very efficiently. Uh, Brown a little bit more. But, I mean, considering what they have on the roster and sort of, what surrounds them, I think they're doing very, very fine, you know. Yeah. With their performance, so I'd have them both. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, the next one is Trey Young. Okay. 
After that, I have Bradley Beal, mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler, James Harden, and Drew Holiday. Hey, we got Lamelo in there. No, because I couldn't justify having Lamelo and I have Darius Garland, not have uh, Fred VanVleet, uh, and obviously Drew. Because I felt like if we're going to reward winning, mm -hmm. Drew has been amazing this year. Right. You know, especially when he's been on the court. I mean, they you know they don't lose when he's out there. When he's healthy, when Drew's playing. I mean, that's all Giannis, is, Giannis needs. You know, yeah. they can win ball games without Milton. I don't know if they can well win consistently without Drew. No, that's right. Hey, we always said what they need as far as like point guard goes is who is Drew. Exactly. His ability to, you know what I'm saying, impact the game on the defensive end and just locking down, you know, the other team's best guard without even, you know what I'm saying, needing to perform on the offensive side and then on another night just give you all types of buckets, uh, you know what I mean? He's, he's a very valuable player for them. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're 23 and 9 when he's on the roster, which would put them right up there at the top of the East. So, you know, right. two, 2 and 5 when he's not playing. So I feel like, to me, that's a guy that deserves to be an all-star. And if, if you look at all the advanced metrics, it would say that probably among those four guys, yeah. Drew deserves it more than Carlin, Van Vliet, and Lamelo. So, 100%. I mean, this the the the, the counting stats are comparable. Lamelo yeah. is averaging nineteen seven and seven. Uh, Carlin is averaging over twenty, around the same as Van Vliet. So twenty point seven assists. So and Drew is around nineteen points and seven assists as well. Yeah. So all those guys, the counting stats are are super super sim similar. So it's just a matter of you know. Looking at really the, you know, watching the games and saying, okay, who has the most impact on actually winning, and who do I trust more in a situation where I want my team to be successful, and to right. make Drew Holiday between those four guys. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that, especially for the for his team for sure. Yeah, now that's for sure. I mean, so we're all locked in. We we all agree on that on that on that All Star. Lineup, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with it. Um, just because, like I said, I think it makes it easier when the guys coming off the bench are not they're not necessarily killing it as far as like statistically, but even their teams are not winning that much. Then it's like you just got to go with what's quote unquote the best available, and then you know you throw in a few winners in there, and, and you got yourself an all star <laughs> right? Exactly, and and, and I think if. Compared to last year, because last year we had that whole debate with uh, about Bradley Beal and Zach Levine right. versus a guy like Chris Middleton, who was putting up good numbers, but it wasn't the 30 a game that Beal was putting up while Beal right. was losing a bunch of games. So right. I mean, the only guy that would probably qualify in that category is Trey Young, but he's averaging 28 and 10, and that's right. ridiculous. Plus, exactly. he's not that far off from, you know, those uh those other teams like they lost guys obviously to covid so they lost four games in a row and right. that's why they're 16 and 20 now so but they will be right there up there in the race with all the other teams that are vying for the playing game 100 so yeah man now i feel like i feel like this this is you know it it was an easier choice than obviously the west just because the west is just so many guys that 
and we'll get to that, but it's just so many guys that are sort of inconsistent this year yeah. are usually consistent that, yeah, it creates all sorts of problems. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's go to the West. So, starters, Curry, Mitchell, George, LeBron, Jokic. Is George even available? Or will he be available? Yes, he played 26 games. But I'm saying he had a surgery. If let's say it was happening tonight. Oh, yeah, no, he probably, he probably would get replaced, I think. But, I mean, as far as just the guys that I would put up there, I would put Paul George. Yeah. Do you have any objections? Nope. We'd be good with that. Yeah? yeah. You're, fine, you're, you're fine with me leaving Chris Paul off the starting lineup and putting Mitchell? Man, see, that's the thing with Chris Paul, man, is I feel like his impact, it's a lot bigger off like out of the stats yeah then you know what i'm saying so when you and it's tough because when you're going for all-star that matters because they're both winning games right yep so now it's like whose number looks better you know what mm-hmm. i mean and, and and mitchell has been hoping he's been crazy you know what i'm saying <laughs> You know what I mean? So it, it makes it hard, man. It's like, and, but at the same time, I don't feel bad taking Chris Paul off it because I still know that he is appreciated as long as he's on the on the roster versus you know being a starter. I feel like Donovan, if you take him off the the starting lineup, is borderline disrespectful to him because he's been playing out of his mind and they're winning. It's like it checks the boxes for him to be a starter. Yeah, but if you take Chris Paul, Chris Paul's like like I said, his impact is a lot bigger than the numbers he's putting out there. You know what I mean? Because obviously he's getting older, but you know he when when it's time to win games, he shows you why he deserves to be an All Star. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And as far as the the forwards, um, obviously there is a possibility to have you know maybe Luca as a forward or or Gobert uh, yeah. instead of Paul George. I mean, I know, I know Luca is your son, but I don't know if, if he deserves to be a starter this year, honestly. Not, not right now. He's been out for a little bit. Um, I think he started, it, it was a little rough. Man, it come on. Was, don't be, don't be, yo. Don't mince the words, man. He was out of shape. The boy, <laughs> the boy came in out of shape. Say it like it is. <laughs> It took a little break after the Olympics. Listen, he wasn't really trying to play ball that much. Know what I mean? He was tired. Hey. He was out there smoking that hookah. Know what I mean? You're a professional yeah. basketball player. <laughs> yeah, nah. It, it, he, was, he was tough to watch. He was tough to watch. You just got a $200 million deal. Right? That would get to you, man. That would get to you. Come on, B. That's not man but mentality. Yeah, nah. That's not. No, but that, that's why like, I can't. I feel like PG elevated his play compared to last year, and I feel like um, Luca, my son Luca, he dropped. You know what I'm saying? And it makes it hard for him, for me to fight that battle for him. You know what I mean? Like in the past two years, I've been fighting, even trying to bump LeBron off, saying, you know. Yeah, on those all NBA like, teams, man. You, you right. were trying to say, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I still feel that way. 
just not the way he's been performing right now. So I can't reward him for that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but by the way, shout out to LeBron, man. Shout out to LeBron trying to make it work with the Lakers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know one thing, though? Because the other day I was thinking about it. I was like, man, maybe maybe he was right about all this, you know, Russell thing and, you know, how it wasn't going to work out, et cetera, et cetera. And then I thought, mm-hmm. they, haven't, they just haven't been healthy. Like, I feel they, like they haven't if been you, healthy. If they, Go ahead. If they have those three guys, when they have AD, LeBron, and Russ, they're still pretty good. And I feel like they win most of the games when they have those three guys. They are pretty good, but guess what? A few people got to humble up. You know what I mean? And understand that they're not the same anymore and do certain things. So let's start with AD. You're going to play the five. Thank you very much. LeBron James, you're going to play the four. Thank you very much. You know what I mean? And, and, and I feel like stuff like that is what it's turned like. Right now, LeBron has been playing a five at a four or five, and they're much better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because that's what I've been saying for the longest while, that that is what he's going to become. He's going to become a powerful forward center because he's strong enough to guard those guys, and he's basically like a, a great Draymond Green at this point. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And But that, you have to understand that that's what is needed of you. You gotta, as the older you get, the more humble you gotta get. And understand that you're not that same guy anymore. So, you know what I mean? And remember when they were in the bubble, when we were talking about this, we're like, the Raptors figured them out. When they said, whenever LeBron is running the point, we pressure him full court. LeBron didn't want no smoke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he kept giving the ball away. But you can't be a point guard, and when you get in pressure, you just keep giving the ball away. And then once we cross half court, we wait for you to try to give it back the ball so you can run something for us. Mm-hmm. Now it's even worse because he's gotten older. Their team is older. You know what I mean? And now they're getting exposed because they got too many old guys on the court. Bigs that are not as, that are, that they made their career off athleticism no longer have the same athleticism and they don't have the skill set to back it up. So now it's like, you know, it's like, hey, you, when you play them New York teams and you have a big man who may not be as nice but they got, they come, the New York team come with a team for five guards and they are three by three and dribble driving you to death. That's yep. what they're looking like right now. Yep. You know, so now they're just matching up and, and, and it's looking much better. Definitely. And, and we always said it about, you know, Braun, even in those finals that you mentioned, the bubble. In that finals against the, the Heat, when push came to shove, uh-huh. what did LeBron do? He started going inside, being very physical, trying to grab offensive rebounds, trying to yep. get those. Like, his easy baskets are not going to come off cuts and, and whatever, trying to come off a stagger and hit a pull-up or whatever, like Most a KD. Sure. No, it's going to come off be, him being a really, really great athlete. Yep. And that's what physical he's doing. Physical and smart. Exactly. Yep. And right now, that's what he's revered to because – He needs to be at, at his most efficient. And yeah. so his most efficient, the most efficient version of LeBron is him being just a really good athlete. But 100%. I, I'll give you a little bit of uh, as far as, you know, just their lineup combinations. So right now, um, their current starting five, so the new starting five that they have with LeBron, uh, Westbrook, Avery Bradley, Stanley Johnson, and Malik Monk right. is actually... 
their third most uh, efficient lineup. So they're plus 13 with that new starting five. Right. Uh, all their best lineups have – see, that lineup has basically LeBron at the five. Mm -hmm. So Braun, Russ, Avery Brady, Sian Johnson, and Malik Monk. Right. The other ones, all the best lineups have AD at the five or LeBron, and LeBron at the four or Le right. Carmelo at the four. So you have Carmelo, Westbrook, Avery Bradley, AD, Malik Monk. That's one of their better lineups, plus 18. Uh, Carmelo, Russ, Bradley, AD, Horton Tucker, plus 11. LeBron, Russ, AD, Bradley, Horton Tucker, that's plus seven. So all their better lineups include Braun at the four and AD at the five. hundred percent. Or Carmelo at the four, AD at the five, or whoever, Stanley Johnson at the four, LeBron at the five. It's small lineups with guys that are interchangeable, with LeBron using his physicality as his advantage, and then just being a more efficient offensive team. Right. Those are the lineups because right. right now their struggles are on the offensive end. The defense is one thing. They have been as, haven't been as good as a defensive team, but that's mostly the fact that AD hasn't been a dominant off a defensive player as he, right. as he was. But you're also not scoring. Exactly. You're also not scoring. It's half of the defense. You know what I mean? If you score, you right. can set up your defense. And, you know, it, it put pressure on the offensive team coming towards you because they know – as soon as they miss, you, you have the ability to score. But if they're comfortable at locking you up, then they're much better <laughs> offensively because they have no fear. Exactly. Exactly. And especially if you have a situation where you're not the most efficient team as far as just shooting-wise, they don't have any incredible shot makers. So if, if your team doesn't have great shooters and your team – doesn't really protect the ball that well because they turn right. over a bunch with having Braun on the floor, having Russ on the floor. Those are guys right. that, you know, year after year average around three, four, five turnovers a game. So you're not a great team at, at protecting the basketball. So you're going to have a lot of situations where you have long rebounds, you have um, live ball turnovers. So the other teams – are going to be able to run down your throat. You're, they're going to be able to get opportunities in transition. They're going to be able to take advantage of some of the things that naturally are going to happen because of the type of roster that you have. Right. So if you're not being efficient with the type of lineup that you're putting out there where you have spacing and you let guys the spacing to really be able to attack one-on-one -on -one in one-on-one -on -one situations. So LeBron has the spacing to attack in one-on-one -on -one situations. Yeah. He has the ability to kind of take care of his mid-post stuff. Russ right. has the ability to attack guys one-on-one -on -one because of the fact that there are no other bigs on the court. Then that's, that's what you need to do because if you have a big on the court and now your offense is, uh, is cluttered and plus you have turnovers and plus you have the fact that uh, you don't have that great of a shooting team, you're in a situation where you're just going to get scored on every single time and you're not going to score as much as the other team has the opportunity to score. Right. You know? And, and you mentioned as well that, you know, some of their bigs that used to be athletic beasts, so Dwight and DeAndre, are, are no longer that. Mm -hmm. So they're not rebounding as much. So that yeah. also is one point where 
they really struggle on, on the rebounding front because they just don't have that same kind of physical advantage that they used to have. Like the Lakers the last two, three years were really a team that was super physical and super tough to play because they had size and, and they really bullied you. And they, right. they, they played Powerball. But yep. this iteration of the Lakers kind of has to move away from that and play sort of a different style of ballgame where they just attack you, attack you, attack you, attack you, and try to play you one-on-one in every right. situation. So I felt like – honestly, that's kind of what you have to do if you have Russell Westbrook on your team. Yeah. Because we saw it with the Houston Rockets two years ago. They had to trade Capella because – When you have Russ, that's a guy that doesn't shoot the ball that well. Yeah. So essentially, you can't have a five-man that is not a threat from the outside and a point guard that is not a threat from the outside. Yeah. Because that is too much of what the defense can just say, you know what, I'm not worried about that. I'm going to overplay in that situation and that situation. 100%. I mean, I think last year... Uh, um, not maybe not last year, but I know there was times where they had Rudy covering Russ. Yeah, uh, and I felt like that was like the biggest insult anybody could do to a point guard is to put a big man on a guard. You know what I mean? And but they were comfortable doing it because they didn't believe in the shooting, and they allowed Rudy to wait for him at the free throw line and just back up with him and just still protect the rim and still be in the help side situation for whoever's attacking the best. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and I feel like in Russ's situation, especially with him losing some of his ability to really break down guys and finish up there at the rim, um, that's going to happen a lot more, where they're just going to yeah. put a bigger guy on him that's going to wait for him at the rim. And so he's really going to have to be in lineups where other players are efficient, offensive players. 100%. So, yeah. So, I think, I think that's why they, they have to move away from the fact that, well, you know what? Just have Ron play, play as a big guy. And we said it at the beginning of the year where if they have Russell Westbrook, that means that they commit to the fact that, that Braun is, is going to become a big man, essentially. Yeah. You know? And he's going to have to play as a big man on both ends of the court, not only on the offensive end, but also on the defensive end. Yeah. Now, this, this could be draining for his body, though. I won't lie. Hey, man, he has about, you know, 150 games left. <laughs> <laughs> he can get to it. No. <laughs> hey, he can, but he's going to have to fight. He's going to have to fight, but, you know, that Kareem record ain't going to break itself. <laughs> <laughs> What do, you, what do you think? Oh, no, I'm not going to ask that. No, that's, that's well, stupid. I was going to ask, but I think that's a stupid question. What would be more important for LeBron at this stage of his career? Getting six like Mike or bringing the Kareem record? It depends what the six like Mike happens. Does it come with him being an MVP or does it come with him not being an MVP? Well, the thing is, if we're looking at the roster right now, it would come with him being MVP. With AD coming back? I mean, AD is the most important player 
probably on the team just because they haven't won a playoff game without AD in the West. Yeah. But um, I still feel like as far as just the gameplay, LeBron is going to be the dominant force. That's true. You know, just having the ball in his hands and carrying that offense from but night in, night out. I still want to see what that looked like playing um, playing the four with AD being back. Because that still kind of brings you back to that old situation where Russ is considered an unshooter and you can still very much help off him. And yeah. Because the thing is, the biggest thing that happened in the finals, if you remember, is Rondo was bombing. I mean, yeah, he was making shots. Yeah, I mean, he was he was more than make he was a shooter. He was a shooter. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And his decision making too was so amazing that I feel like you know, like it allowed it took so much weight off of LeBron. Now, when you bring AD back and Russ is not Rondo, I think we're kind of back into the same situation that we've been talking about. I mean, it, it, it also one thing that it depends on. It's how well AD can shoot from the outside. 100%. And he hasn't been shooting well this year. He hasn't been shooting well this year. But if AD... The thing is, if AD is AD from old, we don't have that conversation because that means that you have two of the top six players in the league in your roster yeah. with Brown and AD. And automatically, that puts you in a contender position. But if AD is the AD that we saw at the beginning of the season, yeah, there are still issues. And that's not 100%. a check. But that's not a championship team either. And that's not a team that they're going to come in and hit a wall at some point during the playoffs just because they're not going to have enough offensive firepower to right. beat a Golden State or beat a, Fe a Phoenix. Yeah. So I feel like that, that's but, probably the, the, main, the main thing. But you see, like, even that, I don't see them beating Golden State, but that's, I guess that's a whole other conversation because I just feel like if, if any – in any world that AD is a jump shooter against Golden State, Lakers are in trouble. But that, I guess that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, if, if AD can't get back to what he was, then, yeah, the Lakers aren't good. That's the whole point. That's how the roster is built. The roster yeah. is built on the principle that we have two of the top six players in the league. And the best sort of probably two-way player in AD. Right. But if yeah. he's not that, and he doesn't sort of, he's not mimicking what Giannis is doing out East, then, yeah, the roster is not good. Right, <laughs> that's a fact. And you're paying $130 million to three players, you're expecting them to be sort of at that level, right? Yeah, 100%. So, that's the thing. Um, So, if we go to the bench, I have your son. Right. The two sons players, so Paul and Booker. 100%. Cat. Cat? Yep. Okay. Ja. Ja, for sure. Rudy. Rudy, okay. And Dane. And Dane? Yep. Damn. See the way they've been playing, man. Look, I thought I, don't know, man. I thought 
I thought the same thing until I went and looked at the numbers. He's just not ridiculous Dave, almost Steph Curry-like, where we have debates on this show talking about right. you saying, oh, no, he could do what Steph does. No, 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 no. But Dave is averaging 24 a game and seven assists. Right. The problem is usually he shoots around 45 from the field and 40 from three. He's shooting 40 from the field, 32 from three. So that's why See? his average goes from 30 to 24. It's rough, man. But the rest is essentially the same. Yeah, that is rough. It's just the shooting percentage is absurd. It's, it's pretty bad. I mean, he's making two less shots a game, essentially. Man, that is rough. So who, who, who would you replace Dame with if you don't have That's Dame? That's what I'm thinking. That's what you, as you were talking, I was thinking about that. I was like, man. It's... Ant-Man? Uh, you can play it out of his mind. I won't lie, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Why? Why didn't you have him up there? Well, he's at twenty-two a game. He's at twenty-two. The the shooting is comparable. Where he's at forty-four from the field, right? You know, thirty-five from three. It's a little higher than than Dame, but it's not that much higher. So I can't. I can't say, oh, my God, he's much better than Dame this year. He's been all right. It's just that Dame hasn't been ridiculously great this year. But that's the thing. I feel like just because he fell off from last year, I'm sitting here like, man, it makes it hard for me to be like, you know what? It's a clear cut. No, it's not a clear like, cut. Why, like, like, hear me out. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't I put in um, – What's his name? Shea. Shea's another one. I mean, you could. I, I, I had the same argument last year against AD where I felt like the drop-off from what his best was to what he was last year was so, so much that I couldn't justify having him as an all-star. Right. But the thing is, the numbers that Dan is putting up as – like we consider him not playing that well, are still better than all those guys that we're talking about. Yeah, so I mean, we're yeah. comparing to Ant, we're comparing to Shea. Shea's averaging 22 and 5. All right. Let's That's 41% shooting. If we talk about Ant right now, then yeah. he's making the playoffs right now. Well, the playing. Yeah, the playing. There's yeah, like a th three games difference between the two. That's enough, ain't it? Okay, but then why wouldn't you put Draymond or Andrew Wiggins in? Because you value winning a lot more. That's true. That is true. That is, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be mad at Drew. I, I thought about Drew, but I was like, man, I, I wouldn't. I'm not mad at Drew going in. But twenty-four and seven. If any other guards was averaging twenty-four and seven, you would have him as an all-star, right? But they're not. They got fourteen wins, yo. 
Well, yeah, but they played, what, 36 games, 37 games? It's not that bad. Man, I don't know. I don't know, man. Drew, Drew had 20 as, as, a, as a what? The second option, third option? Second, se- second option. He's second? Second, second option. He's a second On a option. On 29-point Like, we just put, um, what's his name? Holiday in supporting winning. So why wouldn't we do that the same for Drew? Because Holiday, their numbers were very comparable to the other guys. But these 24 is comparable. You know what I mean? It's close enough if we're talking that many more wins. Is like it the win gap is so big that I feel like, why not? We always, we always been criticizing Drew for how he's been playing. And you know what I'm saying? He look, he's winning, right? He's playing winning basketball. He's performing on a winning franchise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's holding it down until, you know, Clay comes back. And I know he's been he's been amazing. He's a two way I mean yeah, we got we gotta support that. I have a hard time, man. <laughs> because because this is my thing. Yeah. Last year, right, around that conversation, you know, Dame and them would have won a lot more games than this. You know what I mean? Like and Dame his numbers been struggling too. Like, yes, he's averaging that, but we can one can always also say that he's not getting the same attempts as uh, Drew's not getting the same attempts as him. No, he's not. And Drew, <laughs> Drew is also playing with Steph. He is a hundred percent. I'm with you on that. But that probably also, the the guy with the most that uh, attracts the most attention with the greatest gravity in the league. That's right. It's just 100%. pulling the de- defense towards him. So the thing is, you're gonna get the easiest shot that anybody can get. I mean, KD averaged career highs in terms of efficiency playing with Steph, and Drew is averaging career highs in efficiency but, playing with but Steph. Why, but why are we gonna punish Drew for being better? Being better than he was, yes. But and is right that now, is that right better? Now, Dame is not better than he was, though. But is that better than Dame? It's not better than Dame because they're not getting the same opportunities. That's the only reason we. That's the only argument we can make when it comes to that. But come on, we've seen Wiggins as a f- number one option. We have in the past. Okay, where, where does that get you? And we've seen Dame Another, as a number one option too. Yeah, better than what he's showing right now. It's better than what we is showing right now, and what he's showing right now, that's better than what Wiggins is as a number one option. Wiggins is a number one option. We can't, you, we, that's not what we're doing, though. We can't do that. No, that's not what we're doing. Yeah, I know. What, okay. what, what we're gonna do is right now what they look like. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Versus last year, for example. Last year made sense, and right yeah. now we all agree that Dame is not the same Dame. Like he's not himself. But and that's why and, and and that's the result of that team not being as good as they're supposed to be. Okay, I understand that. But and they, with Drew elevating his play is part of the reason why this team is as good as it is right now. I mean, yes, part, but it's also yeah. jo- Jordan Poole being a hundred percent ridiculous. A hundred percent. Draymond averaging the greatest triple single, you know, eight eight eight. Um, yeah. I mean. And just having solid role players across the board, like interchangeable guys, Damian Lee, Otto Porter, Gary Pitt, and uh, second, uh, Toscano Anderson, Iguodala. So all those wings that they have 
a plethora of that can just interchange and they don't lose anything in the lineup, especially if someone is injured. Like when they have an injury, you don't feel like they even have an injury because Wiggins was out with COVID or whatever. Out of Porter came in the starting lineup. He can produce the same thing as, as Drew. And he did it in, in that Christmas the one game. game. And that's what I'm saying. It's just their roster is so well built and they just have so many interchangeable parts. It's not like Wiggins but, is Wiggins is not Steph. Obviously. But this is my this is my only thing though. We can't punish Wiggins for being in a great situation, but we're not gonna punish uh Dave for not living up to our expectation of him as the number one guy. Exactly. And so what what where do we want to draw the line and where do we want to say okay? We're drawing the line of who is doing their job. As a role player in the situation that Drew is in, he's exceeding our expectations. Yes. As a main guy for his team, Dame is not meeting our expectations. And because of that, you know, we got to deduct some points. Okay. <laughs> but my point is, the point that we're deducting, you say you're deducting some points, okay? Right. Is that enough to say that now Wiggins deserves to be an all-star over Dame? This year, yes. So you're going with yes? Yes. I don't know about that. You know what? I think that'll be the one thing where, man, I feel like I'm a traitor in terms of, you know, shout out to Canadian <laughs> basketball. I mean, I want Wiggins to be an all-star. I've always been, you know, <laughs> pro Wiggins <laughs> over the years. He's been disappointing. And I love that he's in a great situation. Guy's shooting 44% from three this year. Right. He's, he's, he's close to, you know, 50-40 in terms of shooting percentage. Um, but, man, 24-7, and seven, that's my thought process. It's like if Shea was averaging 24-7, and seven, if Edman was averaging 24-7, and seven, if, hell, LaMelo or Fred Van Vliet was averaging 24-7, and seven, we'd put them right in the All-Star conversation. I mean, we'd put in – we'd slot them in in that lineup directly, but, automatically. But, th but this is the thing, though. And once again, I feel like it, it goes with our expectation, too. Game yep. is not doing what he was doing last year. It's good, but it's not. And, and what this does is they're not as good as they were last year. So automatically, you look at it like, who is not doing their job? And you go straight to them because, yo, the numbers don't look the same. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, everybody else that you're talking about, if let's say Fred was at 24, that means Fred went from 19 to 24. If the team is not doing well, we're not necessarily going to look at Fred right away. We might look around and man, he's probably not getting enough help. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's the thing with like everybody else that you just named is if they're doing those numbers, you know what I'm saying? They didn't do that last year. So automatically, we're going to look at it like, hey, if the team is not performing because everybody else is not doing what they're supposed to do. And because of that, that's why, once again, it's hard for me to vote for Dame right now because he's the reason that I'm, you know, putting out as why the team is not doing this. Thing. Even though if we dig in deeper, there's probably a lot of other reasons. But I'm there are a lot. With, yeah. There is. I'm going to start off with who is the main guy and is he – being who he's supposed to be. If he's not, then him first. And then I look at the other reasons. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I can agree with that in the sense that Dame being the Dame that we're used to seeing, they're at least mediocre in the sense that they're probably around 500 just because of the 100%. fact that he, he's going to win them games and that makes them at least a 500 team. Right. You know? So that's, that's where I, I can say, you know what? Okay, I can agree with, with, you, with the assessment. Um, right. You know, Dame is not doing the job right now. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I really want to reward Wiggins for the fact that he's been so much better than he used to be. It's just that I feel like we're penalizing someone that is still performing at a pretty high level just because but he's not, he's not at, his level. at insane levels. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. the, the, the standards that Dame has set for himself are ridiculously high. Right. Like they're yearly in the MVP conversation, all NBA first, second team every single year, right. and start in the East with Steph every single year, right? Yeah. So just because he's not meeting exactly those expectations doesn't mean he shouldn't be an all-star. I yeah. mean, it means he shouldn't be a starter, but excluding him from the all-star team, I don't know if I would do that. I'll probably exclude Cat over him. Really? Nah. <laughs> I was about to say, man. I thought it out. I was like, nah, nah, nah. Cat, Cat's been on his thing, man. Cat, Cat, you know, like you said, ten toes down. I'm really in this. <laughs> That would have been disrespectful to Cat, man. He's almost at a double double. Uh, nah, for real, nah. Twenty four and ten. Hey, you know what? Nah, Cat deserves his his All Star bird if he gets one. Um, but yeah, no, nah, it's just I, I feel like that's gonna be probably the 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 biggest conversation. I'm going with Dean. I know you're probably going with with Wigs. We can agree to disagree on that. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with it. So, yeah, man, I I'm cool with it. <laughs> I'm cool with it. But shout out, yo, shout out to the Memphis Grizzlies, by the way. Huh? Hey, they've been hooping, man. Six wins in a row. And they, yo, they haven't, they've beaten some real teams. Yeah. I mean, child going in there, like, he, he feels like he's the best player in the league or something. Yeah. I mean, they went out, they beat Cleveland in Cleveland, they beat the Nets, they beat the Lakers in Phoenix. Yeah, I mean they beat the breaks off the Sacramento Kings. Hey man, yeah. shout shout out to them, shout out to them for real. And that that yeah. dub against the Nets, I mean that was something. Like I felt like the Nets really couldn't stop them. No, for real. No, shout out to them. Um, it's a young blood in them, man. They they're ready and going. Yeah, and they probably got the most improved player in the league, man. Uh, Desmond Bean, shout. That boy, man, when he let that thing go, man. Yeah, that boy, that boy can shoot. Yo, yo. <laughs> he's got a ratchet. <laughs> hey, he's got a ratchet, yo. No, for real. No, he's playing. He's playing. Honestly, that's that's probably one thing that we missed in terms of draft. We had him in the, in the first round, obviously. Uh, yeah. But it's just the way he's playing, he probably should have been a lottery pick or something. Oh, 
100%. He's much better than some other rookies I would drafted ahead of him. Oh, man, he was... He's been in this bag, yo. Yeah, not for real. And, and you feel like it's not a fluke. It's just a guy that knows how to play ball and can make shots, can make a yep. whole lot of shots. At a very high rate. Exactly. Oh, the latest news, by the way, uh, your favorite point guard in the league, the most skilled point guard of all time, is making his debut tonight. My favorite point guard. And about Hallage is my favorite. And, I, I rock with him, though. Hallage is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> He's up there, though. He's up uh, there. I was teasing you a little bit, but making his debut just right now in about one minute against the Indiana Pacers. What do right. you have to say about that? Finally. I'm, I'm happy, man. I'm happy he gets to be on the court, man. I'm happy he gets to be on the court. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough situation that he was in, you know what I mean? And, you know, he, he's standing up for what he believes and, mm -hmm. you know, you can never fault a dude for that, for having principles, you know what I mean? Uh, and that those are his principles, you know, I'm not a judge him, but as far as what he does on the court, he's really good at what he does, you know what I'm saying? And I'm happy he gets to be out there because, you know, at the end of the day, when these championships, you know, they, they happen. Just for the sake of you know having a nice debate in the barbershop, we got to make sure that you know everything is solid. Yeah, I mean we don't want to have these type of conversations where that person wasn't there, where that person was. You know, we want the best to go against the best. That's what this whole thing is about. That's why you know it's part of the reason we we're doing this podcast because we want to have those true debates. You know, what I mean, and not talk about well, what if that person would have played or what if that person was there. You know, what I mean, exactly. We 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 want to have all the elements in there to, to really, you know, have a solid conversation. People will be like, you know what? No, because uh, that year, this guy was injured and uh, Zazen slipped under his, under his ankle and that's why they lost. Right. You know, right. uh, all those kind of things. So, yeah. No, definitely. And I, I'm, I'm just happy we get to watch him play, man. He's one of the most aesthetic, aesthetically pleasing guys on the court. Yeah. Just in terms of his skill set, probably the, you know, like I said, the most skilled point guard of all time. You know, what yep. he can do with, you know, on both, with both hands, ball handling, the shooting is ridiculous. Uh, nah, I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. And yeah. obviously, he comes in at a time where the Nets, they lost five, five in a row. Yeah. So they kind of needed that sort of, you know, a little bit of juice back. Yeah. Especially now that they lost. Also, I think it's three in a row since KD got back, which is, you know, a little bit concerning. But, I mean, yeah. So, they needed that. I think they, they needed that infusion of, uh, of new life and new blood. And, you know, glad they get Kyrie back. At least, at yeah. least I'll do that, you know. I'm looking forward to keep that for sure. Yeah. Well, the thing is, ho hopefully, when they get to the playoffs, and if they finish first, they don't get to play Toronto, then Boston. Uh, I mean, Toronto, then the Knicks, and then, you know, because <laughs> that, <laughs> that would mean that he doesn't play the first two rounds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what? I'm, I'm also very curious to see what, you know, this is going to look like. You know what I mean? He hasn't, he hasn't even practiced a little bit, but just the chemistry-wise and things like like that, but it also goes to show how good these NBA guys are, you know what I mean? Because 
you know, like with any two game season, they don't practice every day like these college teams where, you know, it's like you get a feel, you get, you figure it out as it's going. Yeah, you know what I mean, and so it's gonna be dope to see how he, he gels in there, even though he played with them in the past, but it still hasn't been there all season, right? So a lot of stuff have changed. The guys have adapted to certain things, and you know, just see how he's gonna gel. And is he gonna come try to drop fifty, or he's gonna be a little passive and be like, I haven't been here in a while, guys. You know, I'll let y'all see and then see where I fit in. But you know, having that mind mentality, he's coming out there gunning. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's how that's always a question with Kai. But at the same time, I feel like um when a guy's so skilled, it's always a lot easier to integrate in what you do. hundred percent. Right? Just because you can put him in different positions and he's seen this type of success that they can have when he's really focused on a specific role and right. just uh you know, him being more of a scorer and not necessarily a scorer where He's taking guys one on five and just really, you know, playing within the offense, you know, playing within himself and just letting the game come to him. That right. that is where he, he's at his best. And the fact that he's so skilled, he can play at a pace that I don't think really a lot of people in the in the league can play at. And yeah. we saw that in the offs last year in the playoffs, where game two, they were up by 49 on the defending champs. Yeah. So, and that was really Kyrie and KD being on a, just another level. So, I feel like I'm not too worried about him reintegrating and, and doing what he has to do and uh, just being a good ball player. Yeah. I, I just wonder for him if it's not going to come in with some frustration with the fact that, you know, you play one game and then you don't play for another, you know, four or five days and then you play another game and then you don't, you know, it's just right. that kind of inconsistency. Especially if you're in a groove, for instance, you, you played three, th three, four games in a row on the road, and yeah. then you come back, you know, and then you don't play for another five, six days because you're at home, but you were on the groove on, on the road, et cetera. So, yeah, it, that could be the frustrating part for him and for his teammates because you're accounted for on one hand because you played, you know, Boston, Charlotte, Philly on the road, and then you come back home and you can't play because, you know, Yeah, situation is like that. So it's going to be interesting to see, but shout out to him, man. He finally found a way to get back on the court. Right. You know, I'm, I'm happy for him. Happy for 100%. him. For yeah. Anything else you want to touch on, man? Uh, no. I think we, we, we saw it. Yeah, we saw it on that. Yeah, shout out Game Point, by the way. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Game Point, man. They, they've been blogging us, uh, you know, with, uh, with a few, you know, viewers on our highlights. You know, yeah. shout out to the K Black by making some of the top highlights out here, you know what I mean? With the with the with the Montreal uh community, you know what I'm saying? The hoop is actually Canadians actually, we all Canadians, so that's dope, man. Yeah, not for real. Uh but yeah, man, honestly it's, it's really dope to see Canadian kids just putting in work. They turn really in the corner, man. We're turning the corner. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we ain't there just to be there now. We we you know We, we let it be known that we can do. Exactly. No, no, number two in the world in, uh, among the youths. I mean, it's... I mean, you, you see it. You see it. Girls and, right. girls and boys, you know, they're doing the thing, you know, putting up, you know, crazy numbers in the, in the NCA. So, you know, and shout out to, you know, all the kids, man. So, yeah. yeah. You know, mid-majors, high-majors, you know, even low-major kids, you know, they, they right. doing, they're putting in work. 
Yeah. So ho- hopefully the U Sport kids get to play soon enough. Uh, right. That's that's crazy what's happening out there. No, they're not even yeah. considered elite when that's the highest level of amateur or whatever. That that's yeah. the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right, man. No, it's always a pleasure. You know, we'll get back to it. And uh, yeah, I'm about to watch Kyrie put up some crazy numbers today. Hopefully. All right. <laughs> Check that out too. All right, Beth. Take it easy. All right. Thanks. All right.